0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. One of the things that Jesus teaches us is that suffering must come before joy. He demonstrates this reality with his own life. He came into the world and was rejected by it. He was hated and mocked. He was beaten and killed. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he prayed to the Father, asking him to take away the cup of wrath, that he might might not endure the suffering that was to come. Suffering must come before joy. Good Friday must come before Easter. Truly, truly, I say to you, Jesus says, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into joy. Whenever Jesus says, truly, truly, you can expect Right away, that he's about to say something important. And not only important to the people to whom he speaks, but also for all Christians who hear the testimony of it. There are several valid ways to understand these words that Jesus is speaking. The first is in the perspective of the disciples, Jesus was preparing them for what was to come. He knew what would happen following his crucifixion. He knew that the disciples would hide for fear of the Jews. He knew that they would weep and lament and that they would cower in fear. He also knew that the world, which hated him, would rejoice. Jesus is giving a prophecy of what would soon happen. That they would weep and lament following Jesus' death, but that their sorrow would turn into joy after learning of his resurrection. This is the first way to understand this passage. The second way relates the disciples' perspective with the perspective of us as Christians. The lesson is this. Suffering must come before joy. As Christians, we understand that the world is dying. We understand that the Lord is preparing for us a new home. This understanding shapes our perspective. It shapes our perspective on this life. We interpret the suffering that we experience in this life differently than the world does. For the world, suffering is meaningless, and it ought to be avoided at all costs. And for this reason, the world aspires toward greater possessions with the hope that they will be able to minimize minimize suffering and increase pleasure for themselves. They attempt to numb themselves, as it were, from reality instead of facing it because suffering without purpose is horrifying. The Christian, however, understands suffering in light of the cross of Jesus. We do not look for suffering, but but we do not shirk it either. We know that the Lord teaches us through suffering to trust in Him. We know how He strengthens our faith through suffering to give us endurance. And even if our suffering leads to death, the knowledge that our eternal reward in heaven gives us joy, even and especially in the face of death. And so, when suffering comes, the suffering is not without hope, for we know that the suffering is but for a moment, but glory everlasting, that the suffering is not in vain. And so we don't numb ourselves, but rather we face it, for our suffering will turn into joy. Jesus explains this concept by giving us an analogy. He says this, when a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come, But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. What the Lord is doing is giving us perspective. He is showing us how short our present tribulation is in comparison to how long and glorious our eternal reward will be. But this does not change the reality of that little while that Jesus speaks of. We are living in that little while. The Lord does not promise an end to our sufferings while here on earth. Rather, he promises the opposite. He promises that we will suffer. It is the sobering truth that the world tries to ignore But nowadays, now that no one can ignore it, a truth that leads many people to sorrow. Everyone suffers, regardless of faith. But the one who has faith in Christ does not suffer in vain. The name of this Sunday comes from the Latin introit. Jubilate means rejoice. Dear Christian, rejoice. For Christ has been raised from the dead. Alleluia. For Jesus said, You have sorrow now, but I will see you again. And your hearts will rejoice. And no one will take your joy from you. It may seem, as you ponder what's going on in this world, that right now there is no joy that the exclamations common to this Easter season are inappropriate or out of place but they are actually most appropriate the disciples suffering did not end when Jesus rose from the dead and yet they rejoiced many of them would die as martyrs they would suffer tremendously for the sake of the gospel and yet They had joy. Jesus did not promise that their suffering would go away, and he does not promise you that your suffering will go away, not until you die or he comes again. But he does promise to you joy and peace in his resurrection, for joy is the hope in the midst of suffering, and peace comes through joy. For we know what is happening is not in vain, and that our suffering will soon end. That Christ died our death, and that our sins are forgiven. That our relationship to him is mended. Christ likewise also rose from the dead, so that when we die, yet shall we live. And so in the midst of death, and in the face of death, rejoice rejoice hallelujah christ is risen he is risen indeed hallelujah in jesus name amen